Crave was the second single in a chain of promotional pre-release singles from Madonna's 14th album, Madam X. Released on 10th May 2019 directly to streaming platforms, this beautiful duet with rapper and singer Swaley is one of the melodic highlights of the album which revitalised Madonna's career and paved the way for the stunning Madam X tour later that year. Madonna wrote Crave with producer Billboard and Brittany Hazard, PKA Stara, the rapper and songwriter who also wrote big hits with Camila Cabello, uh, Maroon 5 and Rihanna, but she shelved the song when a move to Portugal took the project in a different direction. She returned to the tune later and collaborated with producer Mike Dean and also singer Swaley to create a new version of the song which would become a centerpiece of Madam X. The video for Crave was shot in New York with Swaley and was directed by Nuno Zico and featured Madonna as her Madame X alter ego, an almost concept-like character who sported an eye patch and managed to be simultaneously a nun, a dance teacher, a spy and just about anything else that threaded the songs together for the new record, which was dominated by the sound of producer Mirwais, who had previously worked with Madonna on her music and American Life albums. Crave heavily features the sound of the 808 drum machine and I'll be talking a little bit about that and I'll also be examining the songwriting process on a couple of the other songs from the album including God Control which was the subject of a small amount of controversy when performer Casey Spooner took to social media to claim credit for its creation and also the song Dark Ballet for which Madonna had put her own songwriting process under the spotlight when she launched a version of it a year earlier seemingly titled Beautiful Game and we'll be finding out about that that song and what it has in common with a brand of chocolate. As well as demos and samples, I'll be playing you Madonna's beautiful acapella from Crave and a few other treats from the Madame X era. So for now, sit back, relax as we rush, rush, rush inside the groove. Hello, my name is Edward Russell and welcome to another episode. In the last edition, I was telling you how the series was close to an end as I was near to fulfilling my promise to bringing you a song from each one of Madonna's 14 studio albums. After each of those and a heap of additional content, I've been left exhausted by this podcast and maintaining its quality. I love doing it, but it's now become very popular and it's getting close to 8,000 listens a week. That's a lot of pressure. And praise and popularity aside, I was quite down about the amount of work until a number of the show's listeners suggested a podcast patron scheme. Now, I won't bore you too much as you're here to find out about Madonna, but the patron scheme means that if you also want to say thank you with a little financial incentive, you can. You can set up a regular donation and in return you'll get rewards. It can be as little as $1 and it's totally voluntary. If you're not interested, skip the next 20 seconds. But the fact that so many of you have already kindly shown your gratitude has massively inspired me to carry on making good quality work. It's not only been a real motivator, but I have been touched beyond belief by people's, by strangers' generosity and kindness. So I will continue. I'll talk more about the show's future at the end of this episode. But if you want to become a patron, just head to patron.podbean.com slash inside the groove. Madonna's albums in the 2010s have polarised fans, with many feeling that she's gone down musical routes they would prefer her not to follow. 
My personal belief is that all three of the albums she released in that decade have not been solid projects, and each album's direction has been mixed in both content and quality, especially when you throw in the fact that MDNA and Rebel Heart had some, well, many alternative releases and bonus editions. Lots of additional tracks make these releases less tangible than her earlier albums. But Madonna sought to change this with Madame X. It's still a little bit patchwork. It may have been sold to us as being inspired by Portuguese music and produced by Mirwais and highlighting the singer political thoughts, but that only really applies to about a third of the album. I think Madame X is great, not just musically, but I love the visuals, even if they don't really make much sense. But in terms of the music, well, Madonna has written some 10 out of 10 pop songs in her career, the likes of which Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga and Katy Perry would kill for. And she's also written some 11s, let's face it, and we're going to judge her against those hits. Pop music is an art movement. Art movements have a lifespan of 70 to 100 years, and we're about 60 years into the pop music art movement. Madonna's early hits were the equivalent of the Grand Masters. Every new record she gives us just sustains her longevity. Besides, who is writing songs as good as Like a Prayer anymore? And when did you last hear a new release that was as powerful as Vogue? I don't think people are judging Madonna against other artists, they're judging her against herself. And she knows this, and she doesn't want to go down the same road again. And Madame X is an attempt to, once again, work with a previous collaborator, but pushing her art forward. We first became aware that Madonna was working on a new release when she was pictured leaving Sarn West Studio in London on January the 17th, 2018. This is where she recorded much of music and the American Life album and a few tracks from MDNA, and its West London location is close to Madonna's home in the capital. Stara, born Brittany Hazard, was already a well-established singer, songwriter and rapper, but the idea of Madonna working with a black female set her comments alight, with many expressing dismay that Madonna would be recording a rap record. That is just some racist, stereotypical bull, <clears throat> she said. She continued that, I will make the record I want to make, and I do not have to explain or seek permission to do what I want as an artist. She also highlighted, I never have and I never will. I mean, it is a bit crazy. Madonna's pop songs like Borderline, Into the Groove, Express Yourself and Take a Bow were written and recorded with black people. While the few times Madonna has rapped, like Vogue and American Life and Veni Vidi Vici, they were made with white men. As for Billboard, his real name is Mathieu Jean-Pierre Lepine, and he's a Canadian producer and has previously worked with Madonna on the song Ghost Town from Rebel Heart. And he's also worked with the likes of Shakira and Chris Brown to name a few of the big names he's been associated with. On April the 17th of that year, Madonna sort of hinted that she might be working with Mirwais again. I don't want to talk too much about her work with Mirwais on this album because I want to cover it in a future podcast, but I am going to skip forward just a short while to Madonna's appearance at the Met Gala in New York, where she performed Like a Prayer and then gave us a tiny surprise at the end of that song. It's a beautiful plan, but I'm not concerned. It's a beautiful game that I never learned. This was a new song that fans assumed was called Beautiful Game, and Madonna encouraged this by posting fan art of a potential single cover on her Instagram account. Now, she didn't talk about this anymore, and I think a lot of fans assumed it was coming as a release any day now. But it would be over a year before we got to hear Dark Ballet, as was the actual title of the song, and that took place in Israel at the Eurovision Song Contest. 
As you know, on this podcast, we don't shy away from the fact that Madonna doesn't always get it right. And if you're a fan of Eurovision and a fan of Madonna, it's difficult to process this performance. Madonna herself admitted that she didn't really get Eurovision, and she sort of hinted that she only did it because Jean-Paul Gaultier is a big fan. Ignoring the fact that Eurovision is about fun and cheesy pop music, Madonna decided to give one of her darker performances, which is memorable for many reasons. All I'm going to say is that when Madonna posted the performance to her own YouTube channel, it was a very different vocal. Of course, we also got to hear some of the new work from Adam X, including this one. They are so naive. They think we are not aware of their crimes. We know. What we discovered is that this new song, called Dark Ballet, features a rather strange interlude with a spoken piece inspired by Tchaikovsky's 1892 composition from The Nutcracker. Tchaikovsky's work was inspired by the life and death of Joan of Arc, and Madonna would explore this theme further when she released a video a short while afterwards. It's a bizarre and it's sinister, and it's comical even, especially if you're British and ever saw the Cadbury's adverts for their fruit and nut chocolate that ran from the 1970s onwards, with this tune sung by the comedian Frank Muir. One's a fruit and a nut case. It contains a special FNN ingredient for healthy recreation. What a combination. Cadbury's food and nut. Good tune, isn't it? It is indeed, Frank. No wonder Madonna was inspired by it. Meanwhile, there's more controversy in Madonna's career, and this is over the song God Control, which also appeared on Madame X. On 23rd of November 2019, Casey Spooner, one half of the act Fisher Spooner, who had great success with their brand of electro clash in the early noughties, took to Instagram to claim that he co-wrote God Control, but got no credit. Casey worked with Mirwais on the band's second album. It's really good, and you can always argue that Madonna's Impressive Instant was an early electro clash song, so their worlds are slightly intertwined. Next, Casey posted audio of what he claimed to be his version of the intro to the song, and would, over the coming days, post yet more information, including the legal advice he had been given over the right to license a joint work without the consent of all co-authors. And quite right too, you might think, if he is a co-writer, he should be given credit and paid money. It transpires that Casey and Mirwais were working together on a project. Mirwais had written a song and wanted to speak on the subject of American politics and even sound American himself. He asked Casey to look at the text and help him with pronunciation. From the before and after lyrics that Casey posted, it's clear that this wasn't really a rewrite, but it was more of a proofing of the work with a few of the lines rewritten into the correct tense, etc. Nonetheless, I do think that that qualifies a credit. When Mirwais told Casey that he was shelving the project to work with Madonna, Casey asked to be involved, but never heard back. Now Casey heard Madonna's song when she performed it at New York Pride in 29 and was shocked, claiming that she'd also copied his melody and rhythmic patterns, again warranting a credit and he wrote to Mirwais, but his email went unanswered. That very first post on Instagram is incendiary. Casey claims it took five months of negotiation and eventually he got some terms which he didn't think were great. $25,000 advance against publishing royalties. But he reckoned that after legal fees and taxes, he would only get $10,000. Poor thing. 
He said, I've seen the numbers, Madonna. I've changed my mind. I think 1% of touring profits will cover my contribution and damages. I mean, it is the opening number on the show. And while you're gallivanting around on stage, I'm completely broke in Berlin, robbed, ignored and delayed. This is where I lose respect for Casey. It's not Madonna's fault that he's poor and she was not gallivanting around on stage. She was working, working very hard and as we later discovered, in agony at times. Madonna would also be performing songs co-written with others whose contribution to Madonna's career was significantly higher, but they wouldn't be earning that amount of money. The matter would later be settled out of court and we don't know the terms. However, looking at Casey's Instagram account and the places he travels to, we can assume he's no longer penniless. But will anyone want to work with him again? Who knows? Back to Crave, and with work on Madame X coming to a conclusion, someone along the line, maybe the record company, maybe management, or quite possibly Madonna herself, felt that the album needed some more traditional pop moments, and it was decided to revisit the track Crave, bringing in producer Mike Dean, who had been fundamental in Kanye West's career. They also engaged singer Sway Lee, whose beautiful tones complemented Madonna's perfectly. Sonically, Crave is a lot more radio-friendly than the tracks produced by Mirwais. And Mike Dean has been responsible for huge hits for people like Drake and The Weeknd. That said, the production is quite regular, and I guess the song doesn't really stand out from a lot of the other music that you hear on the radio these days. We can best explore that by breaking it down and having a listen to the multitrack. And I'm going to start with those drums. What you're hearing here is the sound of the Roland TR-808 drum machine. And you might be forgiven for thinking that's actually a bass line there as well. But it's a tuned bass drum. The 808 Rhythm Composer, as it's officially called, dates back to the early 80s and it's a completely synthesized sound, unlike the Lindrum that we've previously spoke about, which uses samples. It's been used in a lot of pop songs, uh, like Whitney Houston's I Wanna Dance With Somebody, and Madonna used it in songs like Love Tried To Welcome Me. It was, however, soon adopted by hip-hop artists, and it's been used by artists from LL Cool J right through to Beyonce. Those trill-like hi-hats and the tuned bass drums are everywhere in pop music today, and they have been for a few years. And I do think it's a bit of a shame that Madonna decided to go down this route for Crave, but what I think makes the song stand out is that lovely guitar. Oh, let's listen to it on its own. Then we've got some synths. Then some really deep sub bass, again using that 808 sound. Plus a more traditional synth bass. When it gets to the chorus, the guitars have a lot of wash on them and some lovely effects. How about we listen to some of Swaley's vocals? Hey, I don't 
Beautiful. These stems didn't leak. They were officially released by the record company as part of a remix competition. That's how we get to hear all this gorgeous material. That's why it's already mixed with all the vocal effects on there as well. But what about Madonna's a cappella? I can't wait to play that for you. I'm tired of being far away from home. Far from what can harm. Far from where it's safe. Hope it's not too late. Rush, rush, rush on you. Love, love, love on you. Love you like a fool. Put my trust in you. Cause you're the one I crave. And my cravings get dangerous. The feelings never fade. I don't think we should play with this. Say, come, come, get me straight. I don't think we should wait for this cause you're the one I crave It's fascinating how Madonna chooses to vocalise this in such an interesting way and I know lots of fans hate the way that she sings this song but I think it really shows that she has progressed as an artist that she's able to do really different things with her voice I don't think we should wait Cause I'm just me That's all I can be Something real Something I can feel you know I just can't change This is how I'm made I hope you've enjoyed this look back at Crave Obviously the newer the song the less there is to talk about But it's been really interesting to see where Madonna has been in recent years And hopefully that will steer us towards her next direction as well the next episode will be putting focus on the 2012 album NDNA, including songs like Give Me All Your Lovin' and Girl Gone Wild, but putting particular focus on the song Masterpiece, which of course won Madonna a Golden Globe. If you're a patron of this podcast, you will then get a short while after a full-length, in-depth episode that looks at Express Yourself, one of my all-time favourite Madonna songs, and I can't wait to play you bits of the multi-track that you may never have heard, some vocals that have never made it out, and just so many stories about the song's creation. If you're not a patron, then you'll get that maybe a week or so later, so it's possibly worth donating, and of course helping support this website so you can get that content early. Patrons will also get unique episodes discussing Madonna's live tracks so hopefully I've persuaded you to head over to the Patreon page which is at patreon.podbean.com slash inside the groove all you need to give is a dollar and you know I'll keep going for as long as you need me to until then thank you and I will be speaking to you all soon <laughs>